And welcome to Season 4 of the Cold Brew Podcast. I'm Dave Gasper. He is Matt Carroll. You all, know, you all already know that by now. Uh, season 4 has begun. We are into January now, and season is coming up fast. Not as fast as, as we would have liked, um, but uh, football season is over now, at least for uh, Packers fans, uh, because that is that has come to an end. Matt, it was over for you as a Bears fan a while ago, but hey, congrats on the on the overall pick. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, this season has gone exactly how I wanted it to go. Um, they were entertaining, and they got the first overall pick. I mean, can't really complain about that. My expectations were so ungodly low that it, it literally was near impossible for them to do worse than that and they didn't so hey there we go but i thought i did feel like the packers were going to make the playoffs just everything that was happening towards the end it just it it felt like one of those inevitable situations but then i guess the last game was kind of a little microcosm of the season wasn't it yeah a little bit kind of they had their chance. It was right there. It was it was right in front of them, and just not able to uh, get the things done that they needed to. And sounds a lot like the Brewers, although they didn't trade away, uh, you know, one of their key players midseason. But you know, beside the point. Um, but yeah, so now we are back on and ready for baseball season and another season here on the Cold Brew Podcast. And Matt. You know, over these past couple of days, you know, as 2023 has begun, the Brewers have made a couple of moves. We actually have some things going on, and, you know, it's a familiar face, and it's one that I didn't think would actually be back, but sure enough, he is Wade Miley, the Bayou bearded man himself. (laughs) Wade Miley is back. Uh, One year, $4.5 million. I believe it's a $3.5 million base. $1 $1 million buyout for 2024 on a $10 million mutual option. Matt, the odds of that mutual option getting picked up are uh, about as good as the Bears having made the playoffs this past year. Yep, I would say. Uh, very yeah, much but, so. Uh, but Wade Miley. Yeah, uh, welcome back, Wade. Um, Wade Miley, he who Brewers fans may remember, pitched against one whole batter. In game five, I believe it was, of the NLCS in 2018, uh, before being lifted for uh, Brandon Woodruff. And then all of a sudden, MLB wanting to change the rules about uh, minimum pitchers and all that BS. But that's that's another road we've already been down. Um, Yeah, the Brewers wanted to add starting pitching depth. And they've done that. We've got Wade Miley on the team now. <clears throat> Another move that we'll mention a little bit kind of addresses that depth somewhat, possibly. Um, Jansen Junk, who came over in the trade uh, that sent away Hunter Renfro, you, they've got a little little bit of options there, as opposed to last year where it was once everyone started getting hurt. Uh, Ethan Small, who you know unfortunately didn't perform the way fans wanted him to, and Jason Alexander and that was pretty much it. <laughs> they didn't really have a lot of options. And so it's no surprise that they identified that as a need this offseason. And now they've kind of addressed it. Where, what ends up happening to the rotation is going to be really interesting going forward because you've got a bunch of different guys who 
could start in the rotation, could start in the bullpen, could not make the team altogether breaking spring training. Um, but options are always a good thing. And that's what the Brewers finally have now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I feel like that depth has, has certainly been addressed um, bringing him in. They also um, were able to acquire Bryce Wilson from the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was designated for assignment. Uh, they acquired him. Um, he is going to be competing for a rotation spot. Jansen Junk acquired in the Hunter Renfro trade. He will be competing for a rotation spot. Uh, Adrian Hauser is going to be competing for a rotation spot. Um, you know, some of these guys, like you just kind of know, especially Wilson uh, and Junk, at this point, they're probably not going to make it, uh, barring, you know, a, another trade here, because, you know, as long as everyone's healthy, you've got Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta on your top three. You're going to have Eric Lauer in there, most likely. You're going to have Wade Miley in there. You just signed him. You know, he's not going to be going to the bullpen. So that's your five. Um, so you're battling for that six starter spot, that long reliever, uh, swingman type role. Um, you know, if they go to a six man rotation, you know, who's going to take that spot. That's really what you're battling for. Mm-hmm. You don't need three guys on the roster for all that. Um, so, you know, that, that's where it becomes an interesting situation with, especially with Hauser and with Wilson, because Jansen Junk has minor league options. Um, and I think given the depth now, I would expect Junk to start the season in AAA, uh, barring an extremely amazing spring training. But Wilson is out of options. Hauser is out of options. So you're not going to be able to – I don't think they're, they're going to be able to keep both on the roster to start the season unless they start with a six-man rotation um, or there's another trade. You know, if they either trade – uh, Lauer, or maybe even if they trade Hauser um, to get, you know, an upgrade offensively, you know, third base is still a position where they could use some help. Um, you know, the right field that, that they could look at. So there's, there's ways that it could happen, but, you know, we're starting to see kind of more the, the bigger picture there. And a lot of it now is just going to start depending on who performs when you get to spring training. Absolutely. With, Adrian Hauser, I wouldn't mind him being a long relief slash bullpen option. <clears throat> you look back to 2019 um, when he was kind of getting roughed up a little bit in the rotation. They did have him out of the bullpen for a little while there. He did pretty well. Um, I'd have to go back and look it up, but I, I I feel like I remember him having an ERA in the like mid twos or something like that. Like it, he was he uh, he did particularly well as a reliever, and he's got kind of that you know, repertoire that you like and that he's, you know, that ground ball pitcher. That's a nice guy to come in, have come in off the bench and, you know, just start piling up outs. Um, you also, this offseason, lost your main long relief guy in, in Brent Suter. And so you don't really have that around anymore. You're going to need a couple guys there to log some long innings if one of your starters does. If, like, Wade Miley... Uh, I don't know kind of his mileage these days, but I cannot imagine he's going to be pitching, you know, seven inning outings. Most Brewers uh, pitchers don't anyway. That's not. He really did a, say he does feel five years older um, than we saw him last, which also isn't it crazy how 2018 is now five years ago? Oh, that's that's brutal. That that hurts. Yeah, you know, like like that legitimately hurts in in the soul. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it makes years. sense because they did a made a four year run in the playoffs and then missed number five. So five years ago. Oof, I'm gonna drink to that one. Um, All right, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, There's your reminders. depressing anecdote of the day. I, I don't need any reminders about being old because I've got a 40th birthday coming around the corner. Oh, the big 4-0. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're just not going to talk about age at all here. But anyway. Age is but um, a number. It is but a number. That's true. Um, yeah, so they'll need long relief options for when Miley starts likely, um, as well as you just need them in general. And so, you know, an Adrian Hauser, a Bryce Wilson, an Aaron Ashby, you know, might end up needing to be oh, yeah. a guy. We didn't even we, mention him. Exactly. That's another starting uh, option that you have there. So for some of these guys, you know, like a Bryce Wilson, I know you made a trade for him, but um, there's some of these guys that won't be guaranteed to make the roster for opening day and beyond. So there's always that option. Like the Brewers have brought in so many pitching options this offseason, which is great because they needed starting pitching depth and they needed to address the bullpen. Um, not every single one of those guys will be on the roster as soon as opening day comes around. So there's always that to think about, but they have so many guys, so many darts to throw at the dartboard now. Um, and that's what they needed. And a lot of them will stick around for a better part of the year. And let's hope that now, if they do start going through those injuries again, I hope they don't because this isn't a, you know, uh, lockout situation where everyone's trying to ramp up fast and mm-hmm. you know injuries are kind of being weird like i would like to think that there will be less of them this year but that's just a variable that you is so hard to plan for and the brewers are taking that a lot more seriously this offseason yeah and you know i think an important thing to keep in mind with bryce wilson you know even though they traded for him he they, they traded what cash I, I think yeah I think so um he was designated for assignment by the pirates the like if the pirates don't want you and they DFA you I mean that kind of says a lot about you know your status as a player yeah uh, at this point um you know he was a former top 100 prospect you know this is you know a bit of a reclamation project uh that you can certainly tell is what it is for Wilson will he pan out maybe maybe not. Um, but I think it's much more likely we could see him get DFA'd and just see them move on from him uh, within spring training. They don't have to carry him uh, if they really don't want to. I mean, this isn't a guy where it's like, okay, like, you know, if he doesn't earn a rotation spot, you know, we're going to have to carry him anyways. Like they, they could dump him. Yeah. You know, they, they, they really couldn't, especially with Ashby and Hauser now on the outside looking in for that rotation. Um, plus the other options that they have. It's very likely you're going to see Wilson bounced uh, at some point, unless, of course, they trade one of these other guys, uh, such as Hauser or, or Lauer. I don't see Ashby going anywhere because they just signed him to an extension. Uh, but still, I mean, that's something that's, you know, in, unless something changes, I, I, Wilson's on the outside looking in. Miley's got got the inside track. Um and you know that that's where you're looking at with with the rotation depth. I, I mean, I feel much better about it going into this year than I did last year um, because yeah, as you mentioned before, you had Ethan Small and you had Jason Alexander, and Ethan Small didn't pan out, and you relied a lot on Jason Alexander. And uh, Jason Alexander has now been pushed even further, further down the starting pitching depth chart, um, which I think is good things for the Brewers roster. It's 
it's bad for Jason Alexander um, and perhaps his status on the 40-man roster as well. Uh, but he is, I suppose, mildly proven starting pitching depth at, at the big league level. Yeah, and <clears throat> uh, I was actually a little surprised um, that he ended up making it past, I guess, um, although uh, the Brewers, oh yeah, Justin Topol was the one who ended up getting traded recently. That was kind of the, I yes. thought Jason Alexander might be on his way out, end up getting DFA'd, clear waivers, stay with the organization, kind of have that situation go with uh, go down with him uh, once the Miley signing became official. Um, because there was no corresponding move right away, Miley had to go um, through his physicals and everything like that. Um, <laughs> a little, uh, which is no point. guarantee in this day and age. Exactly. Um, at least uh, if, the, at least if you're a certain uh, shortstop. Yeah, the Mets and Giants fans can tell you that 100. Um, percent So that was kind of what I was expecting, um, and then Justin Topa ends up getting traded instead. Um, which is a decent move. They end up trading him for a much younger guy who enters the Brewers' top 30. Um, kind of a smaller move that flew a little bit further under the radar to Brewers fans, possibly. Um, but Jason Alexander sticks around on the 40 man. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of interesting. Um, it gives you, you know, even further, further starting pitching depth. He can stay down in the minor league. So that's good. Um, yeah, that's it, it further shows you that the Brewers really wanted to make sure that they address this. And they weren't going they're never going to address it by bringing in a like another number three. We're getting Jacob DeGrom. Right. Like, the Brewers already had, obviously, a very solid base to their starting rotation. They just needed that back-end depth. Uh, Just the just-in cases. And, yeah, now they've got that. And Jason Alexander gets to be still one of them, for now. Yeah, for now. That's the the big thing. And they got a familiar face back in Miley, you know, that, that they've worked with before and worked well. So, and when he's been healthy, he's been pretty solid, so... Uh, that's certainly been great, but you mentioned it there. We've got to switch to this now, the Justin Topa trade, because, you know, when this came out, it's like, okay, how are they going to clear a spot? Next thing you know, Justin Topa gets traded to the Seattle Mariners, or should I say the Seattle Brewers or Seattle <laughs> Pilots? Because, my God, their offseason, the, the Seattle Mariners this offseason have acquired Colton Wong, Justin Topa, Trevor Gott, Cooper Hummel, former Brewers farmhand, and Jacob Nottingham. Again, that's been their offseason, plus Teoscar Hernandez and uh, another one or two players. But primarily, they've been acquiring former Brewers. That's been their thing. So that's just kind of uh, nuts in, in and of itself. But you make the dust Justin Topa trade, and I think this is a very underrated, excellent move yeah. by, by Matt Arnold. I mean, th- this is this is a guy who in three years at the big leagues has – 17 innings or, or 17 games mm-hmm. to his name. Like he has appeared so sporadically over the last couple of seasons. You know, he came up and he had a really great debut in like six or seven appearances in 2020. Uh, and then 2021 and 2022, he's injured a whole lot. And he only makes a small handful of appearances at the big league level. And they are able to trade him with such limited big league success for a top 30 prospect, he, he was the California League Pitcher of the Year, Joseph Hernandez, this, you know, undersized righty with a really, really good slider, um, Cal League Pitcher of the Year, put up an excellent season in 2022, kind of broke out a bit as a prospect, as a 22-year-old uh, Dominican Republic signee, 
Um, you know, finally reaching it in low A ball. Likely is going to start this season in a high A Wisconsin. But, like, <clears throat> he ent- he enters the top 30. And the Brewers' top 30 is much better than it was a couple of years ago. So you get a pretty solid prospect in exchange for a guy who, over three years, has 17 big league appearances to his name out of the bullpen, who has suffered injury problems, um, a late bloomer, you know, himself coming out of indie ball. Like, that's quite a good move for Matt Arnold. Isn't it nuts what the Brewers have been able to do in flipping some of these guys with history of elbow injuries um, Mm -hmm. to other teams? Like, I, I know they're not obviously not the same level of trade, but um, Drew Rasmussen, you know, the Brewers took a chance on. Um, he ends up he's he had a, hit, a history of having um, two Tommy John surgeries. The Brewers build him up. They end up trading him as part of the package that nets them Willie Adonis. Justin Topa ends up, you know, having these issues, but they stick with him. They develop him. Um, they, you know, kind of go to show that he can be a very valuable big league pitcher and they end up flipping him for a prospect. Like that's impressive. Um, and for Matt Arnold, again, bravo, got a nice little, uh, uh, move out of this one under his belt. And these are the types of like kind of mentioned before, like under the radar moves that potentially end up helping your team is flipping a guy for like, you're kind of mentioning, like we had no idea what Topa could potentially end up being like it's I'm, I'm bummed because I really liked his like he had that frisbee slider that was super fun to watch like he, he looked like a guy who he had a pretty high velocity fastball if I remember correctly too um he looked like a guy who could be a really solid reliever um but based off his history he also could get injured again he could completely flame out like we had no idea because of those whopping yeah 17 appearances you said um yeah and the Brewers get He's a already had two Tommy John surgeries in his career. He missed a whole bunch of, of the past season with like a flexor strain in his elbow. Like mm-hmm. we thought he was heading for a third Tommy John for a while there. Yeah. Uh, he was able to rehab it and make it back later in the season for a few games. Um, I mean, he was down in AAA for a while after being rehabbed, but still they didn't rely on him much. And yeah, they, they turned him into a, a pretty solid prospect who honestly has a little bit of a similar profile with the, uh, sweeping slider. Um, he doesn't have as much of an ov- overpowering fastball. Um, you know, he may be more suited to a relief role rather than a starting role long term. But hey, it's a talented arm that they added to the system. Maybe they can add some velocity. Maybe they can get him a bit more command because Hernandez did have a, a little bit of a command issue uh, down there in A ball last season. So, you know, you know, you never know uh, what these guys will turn into. But still, it, it's a pretty solid return for a guy who had you know, suffered all these injuries who seemed like a a ticking time bomb. I mean, with that flexor strain and, you know, anything else with that elbow, which, you know, has already been reconstructed twice and and had a number of injuries. um, Like you're, you're holding your breath every single time uh, that happens. So they're able to get some form and continue to add to the farm system and, and and keep stocking it because I mean, this team is a little bit devoid of pitching talent in the minor leagues. I mean, they, they've developed a whole bunch through the system, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Williams, you know, all these guys have graduated now and there hasn't been as much backfield. They've been focusing a lot on hitters in the draft. 
So the pitchers have kind of lagged behind in terms of depth and quality. So just being able to to bring in another pitcher um, in the lower levels of the minors to develop and bring up, that's a really good addition for this farm system that's really in desperate need of it. Yeah, the relief pitchers in particular is kind of what's getting restocked right now, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> you saw kind of last starters year. restocked unless they plan on signing Burns and Woodruff to contract extensions, which you know hopefully they do. Right? Yeah, exa- yes, exactly. But no, but that that brings up a really good point though, is that that creates an even bigger sense of urgency to at least consider these extensions because, I mean, what do you have in your like top thirty, particularly for starters? You've got Gasser. You've got Small is still there. Um, He's a reliever. He, he, I think he is now too. But I mean, yeah. for, just for argument's sake, we'll consider. He's what 26 now, like, and he still hasn't figured out the walks issue. I mean, yeah, like you're you were a college starter that was supposed to be polished and moving quickly, and and things have really slowed down with him, and the walks have, have become a major problem. Yeah. I think he's a reliever. And they they had him relieving for the final month, uh, maybe a little less of that of the season down in AAA. So. It seems to be the future plan with them, but potential option. Um, Outside of that, like, I I think we both agree that Mizorowski seems like more of a relief profile, but I guess I've seen him mentioned as either. It's it's a high risk, high reward with him because, I mean, like there, there is definite relief risk. But also, like if they're able to to get an extra pitch in his profile and, and figure out his command, he could be a, a legit yeah. starter. But there is a lot of unknown there, and it's going to take a while to develop him. Yeah. And as it stands right now, he could have a really good reliever profile, too. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's what we're doing right now is we're stretching for possible, like, starting options for the Brewers down. Yeah. Carlos Rodriguez. Um, yeah. They're, like... Who else, right. who else do we got here? We got, uh, let me pull up my list here. Um, yeah, Mizrowski, Gasser, uh, Small, Uribe and Robinson are, are relievers. Logan Henderson, who missed a lot of last season with an yeah. injury. I mean, that's probably your next best starting pitching prospect. You know, you got Rodriguez, you got Jansen Junk, um, Steven Cruz, kind of an unproven guy that's that's mm-hmm. way down there in the minors. Adam Seminaris, who's probably a relief type as well. Um, like you don't really have any, you know, big time starting pitching prospects uh, in there. So a, a lot of these guys are most likely going to be relievers. Um, so you got to kind of stock fill. And I mean, there's a chance that uh, Hernandez becomes a reliever as well, but he does mm-hmm. have the ability to start. So We'll, you know, just kind of continue to develop him, develop his stuff and, and see what happens. Yeah. And again, this also kind of maybe speaks to why they added a little bit more of that depth um, in the starting pitching sense during over the course of the offseason is because they're not going or it's, from what it seems, they're not really going to be able to rely on, you know, minor leaguers coming back up. Could Gasser be ready in the like final third of the season maybe 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 um but like again we're like kind of grasping at straws at this point so um yeah it's nice that they made this move with topa anyway as we kind of got off track a little bit um nice that they bolster a little bit the pitching part of the prospect pool um because yeah there are a lot of opportunities there even more so on the starting pitching side but hey just keep getting some high quality arms in there because at some point we're going to need them 
Yeah. And the, like this organization has proven that they are good at developing them as well. Yes. Um, so, you know, just being able to get those guys in there. And I think we've seen that as, as their focus in the draft a little bit, too. I mean, they, they get these guys like Henderson, like uh, Russell Smith um, or, or even like, you know, Ethan Small and Mizorowski. You know, they, they get these guys that, you know, are maybe a bit, you know, they aren't the, the polished high end, you know, future number one, number two type guys. They, they have, you know, kind of the lower profile to begin with, but they know what they do well in developing and they have and these guys have those similar traits and they feel that they can, you know, take them from these fourth, fifth, sixth round type selections and turn them into quality big league pitchers and they can instead spend early on the hitters that that seems like it's been their primary focus the past couple of years. Yeah. And smart like it's that's called self-awareness isn't it being you know yeah. aware know of, what you're good at and know what you suck at exactly they suck at hitting development so That's, get the guys who are naturally good healthy in your personal life healthy in your business life is self-awareness um and yeah so I, i'm glad that they're kind of leaning into that a little bit yeah get the hitters that are more can't miss and don't need as much work put into them um and do what you're good at and develop those pitchers. Um, we've seen it. Like it, it, you look at um, like Cam Robinson, I don't think necessarily anyone was expecting him to just man- magically pop up onto the top 30 prospects lifts, but they worked with him over a few years now and he keeps getting better and better and boom, he ends up landing there. You look at a guy like um, even last year, you know, Luke Barker, I know he was kind of short lived and he ended up getting released after getting injured. Um, but he was another guy who, you know, indie league guy comes in, gets developed, ends up making his uh, major league debut. Like they can find these guys, indie ball, uh, international signings, the draft trades, wherever. Bring in pitchers. The Brewers, there's a better chance than nothing that the Brewers will make you serviceable at some points. Um, but bring in the hitters that are like hitters, dudes, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, get them, and because you know, relying on on the hitting development. I mean, that's that that's a whole other negative rabbit hole. I don't really want to go down <laughs> at this point. At this point in the off season, we we don't need to go down there. Um, but yeah, it, it's focusing on what you're good at, and they are good at developing pitchers, developing guys with wicked sliders, and and things like that. So that's been uh, what what they've gotten, and um, it's been kind of their focus this this off season. So, you know, you look at it now, the 40 man roster is, is full. Uh, once again, um, you know, they've gotten, uh, they had to clear someone else though, um, to, uh, clear a 40 man spot when they got in Bryce Wilson and they got in Miley at around the same time. So they had to clear two spots. One was, was done by trading Justin Topa and the other was designating Trevor Kelly, for assignment. Trevor Kelly is gone. He cleared waivers and has elected free agency. So Matt, uh, I know we're, we're all torn up here about uh, <laughs> Trevor Kelly losing his 40 man roster spot. Yeah. Um, uh, forgive us if we don't play the Sarah McLaughlin song <laughs> for this one. Um, I, you figured it was coming, right? Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I, I had, put him as a possible um, non-tender candidate, even though he had uh, minor league options left. Um, 
because I just like based off his performance last year, like it just it didn't make sense to keep him around when there were potentially better options out there. But, you know, move after move, he would survive and other guys on the 40 man roster wouldn't and was almost starting to get to the point where it's like, man, he is he is going to make it to 2023, isn't he? Um, and it it wouldn't have surprised me if he did. Like, we haven't really gotten into this much on the um, podcast, but with all the talk about how, you know, the Brewers are potentially going to have to rely on a bunch of these rookies, Craig Council doesn't really have a history of, like, relying a lot on rookies. He likes mm-hmm. guys with veteran experience, and Trevor Kelly had veteran experience. Not a lot of it but some of it. And so there were times where he just kept popping back up on the active roster when it was like, can we please try someone else? And <laughs> nope, anybody <laughs> Kelly just kept coming back like a, never mind. I, I was going to go somewhere. I don't want to go too negative anyways. Um, so he was around and I thought, well, maybe, maybe council does want him to stick around, but it just got to the point where the Brewers kept adding and adding and adding. And finally, uh, there wasn't enough room left for Trevor Kelly. So I have to imagine that we now have plenty better options on the roster for relief. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah, you got Bryce Wilson in there, who's likely going to be a reliever if he sticks around. Uh, Javi Guerra uh, in there yep. as well. You got Aaron Ashby um, also added to the relief core. I mean, you got Gus Varlin, the Rule 5 pick. Jansen Junk could do some relief. Tyson Miller claimed off waivers. Um, you also got Yoel Piams, who they got in the uh, trade uh, for William Contreras, along with Elvis Paguero, who they got in the um, trade with Hunter Renfro. Justin Yeager, he's not on the 40-man, but they also got him in the William Contreras trade. Alex Claudio is back. Claudio. They signed him to a minor league deal uh, with an invite to big league camp. I I've been saying this before, Matt. They needed extra left-handed yeah. relief help. The only guy they, that they currently have in there is Hobie Milner. I suppose you could include Aaron Ashby now. Uh, but, you know, again, he's more of a, a length relief option rather than a, a left-handed specialist type. And left-handed specialist, well, that description fits Alex Claudio to a T. <laughs> it does. Alex Claudio, who led the Brewers in appearances in 19, was it? I think it might have been. Was it 18 and 19? I don't know about. I think it was 19 because I think it was he and Albers. Let's were look this up. We have the of power of the Internet at our fingers, um, despite it being uh, as slow as it is sometimes. OK, here we go. Uh, 2019 and 2020. Those were the years. 2019, he led uh, the league in appearances with 83. Yeah. 83 appearances in 2019 with a 406 ERA. Not spectacular, um, but uh, he was able to uh, get the job done enough, I guess. Better than Trevor Kelly. Just saying. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> Another one of those guys, though, that the, you know, when Craig Council puts trust in a guy, he puts trust in a guy. Like he leans on him. Uh, uh, um, Alex Claudio, Brad Boxberger. You know, as he had been around, um, council really would stick with him. Um, you know, it's just a minor league deal, so we'll see what happens. But um, we know as well as anyone that the Brewers add plenty of guys to the 40-man over the course of the season. So I would very much not be surprised if, you know, 
mid-May or June or something like that, we get an Alex Claudio sighting again. And I'll admit, I was an Alex Claudio apologist when we had him. <laughs> so, hey, I, I don't I don't mind having having my guy back, Dario Melendez, friend of the podcast. He's <laughs> my, my, my Alex Claudio bro. I know he was pumped, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what I saw. So I was running down this list of names. I'm like, Alex Claudio. I know we got to talk some Alex Claudio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is he is back. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to get to probably the end of spring training, and he's going to have an opt-out like most veterans on minor league deals do. Yeah. Add me to the roster, or I can opt out and become a free agent, depending on how well he's pitching. You know, so they could either add him at the starts, they they could decline. He could become a free agent. They could sign him back. We've seen that before. Brad Boxberger had that situation uh, a while ago. So, I mean, we could see him, you know, opt out and then sign back on a new deal with a different opt out, something like that. Um, so that's possible. But uh, Alex Claudio now in the mix as well. But I think he stands a, a pretty decent chance of making it back if he has a if he has a solid spring training, just because he is left handed and they are short. Uh, on left-handed specialist options, um, you know, you got Milner, Ashby's a length guy, uh, and likely he's going to spend some time in the rotation. So, you know, other left-handed options, they really don't have any, unless, you know, Ethan Small uh, putting him in the rotation or in the bullpen. You know, I'm not sure where he's going to fit in, if he's going to be ready for that yet. Um, other than that, that's it for left-handed relief options. Yeah, and you <clears throat> you can say that Milner will probably start getting some more opportunities after kind of what he showed last year, and that's true. Um, but he's still got plenty of opportunities as it was with Brent Suter on the roster. And now you don't have with Brent Suter and Aaron Ashby uh, on the roster, let's be honest. And now you don't have Suter. Um, so you know they're going to want some more left-handed help, possibly. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, especially if he had a solid spring training. Um, but even if he didn't, like I said, like the Brewers are basically setting records every year now with most players ever to appear on the 40 man roster. So who's to say it won't happen again. Yeah. Although with the limits on, uh, how many times you can option a player now that, that has curtailed it a little bit. True. Um, on, in terms of that carousel, but yeah, they've got, uh, yeah, he's going to be a uh, interesting uh, addition that that they brought in. So, yeah, should be uh, should be fun to watch. All right. Um, so I had a piece go up on on the site on reviewing the brew about five players who could not make it to opening day on the forty man roster. And we've been talking about this a little bit, you know, as as we've gone through the course of this conversation. Uh, but a couple of players that we didn't talk about were are more on the position player side. And just looking at this and the way things are set up, there is no way, in my opinion, that I think no way just in general, there's no way that Keston Hira and John Singleton can both remain on the 40-man roster heading into opening day. Both players are out of minor league options. Keston Hira, again, has been struggling. You know, like he, he still hasn't been able to find it. You know, a sub 300 on base percentage, once again, hit two, um, you know, just really a down, down season. Um, now they're showing his projections. Um, but um, just a down season last year, 41% strikeout rate. Uh, had some power, you know, you know, very limited playing time, which kind of boosted his, his OPS plus a little bit. But 
Kesson Hira, it seems like almost is on his way out. You know, would they trade him? Would they DFA him? Um, I don't know. John Singleton out of minor league options. He'd be the third option at first base at best. He'd be a backup option at DH at, at best, um, especially with, with Jesse Winker there, with Rowdy Telez there. Um, so if he doesn't make it out of spring training, they're going to have to designate him for assignment. And there's no way he can make it if Keston Hero and Rowdy Telez are still there. I don't see Telez going anywhere. And until Hero goes somewhere, you know, I'd have to believe he's staying for the time being. Yeah, I would think Hira over Singleton for sure. And <clears throat> we've already talked at length about the reasons why it would make sense to try and trade Hira and get something back for him, blah, blah, blah. So we don't have to rehash that. But with Singleton, I guess it made sense to add him at the time because he was Rule 5 eligible. And if someone grabs him in the Rule 5 draft, then you get nothing for him. So you add him to the 40-man roster. Cool. Now... If it gets to the point where you have to designate him for assignment, <clears throat> at the very least, he has to go through that waiver process. And now maybe you, maybe someone wants to trade for him. Maybe it's for cash. Maybe it's for a prospect. But looking at what he did in the minor leagues, he ended up leading the organization in home runs. Um, he, he just, just demolished balls down there. He actually walked a half decent bit as well. Um, didn't have a good batting average, but like, you know, he was a actually halfway decent on base guy and a home run hitter. That's something that some uh, yeah. teams will take a chance on. Plus, and he strikes he out pedi- less than Keston Hero. Yeah, exactly. Um, plus, he has pedigree. You know, he was a, um, a high, high, high prospect when he was with the Astros system. And, you know, we've talked a little bit, too, about his background and suspensions and things and having to work his way back. Um, but, you know, he's got the qualities there that a team might might, might want to take a chance on. They could have done that in the Rule 5 draft, and the Brewers could have gotten nothing. Now, even if he doesn't make it to – I think it's a, it's been – ever since he was added to the 40-man roster, I think it's been a long shot for him to make the opening day roster as it is because he also can't be optioned down to the minor leagues. Um, but, yeah, may, maybe he has a good showing in spring training, and they you know, try and flip him for something. Probably wouldn't have a lot of leverage because I think other teams would know that he's not going to make the roster, but – I, I think that's what it was all about is just with an eye to like, Hey, let's add him to the 40. If he just kills it in spring training and, you know, makes it impossible to leave him off the roster, that's great. But he'd really have to have a strong showing. Um, otherwise, yeah, you go, Hey, we'll figure it out when we figure it out um, and get something for him. But at least it's something. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what we've seen previously with Brewers do with uh, Jesus Aguilar bringing him in when they already had Eric Thames. Uh, bringing in G-Man Choi and keeping him on the roster, even though they already had Jesus Aguilar and Eric Thames. I mean, like they, they've done this before, but like you have to really do a lot to, to earn it, to earn that spot. And I don't know if Singleton can do it. Obviously we'll find out when we get to spring, when we get to spring training, but I just don't see a path at the moment to Keston Hira and John Singleton, both remaining on this roster without minor league options as we head into opening day. Someone's someone's going to be going. I, I just don't see them building this roster that way with three first base DH types that bring very little defensively. Um, when you already have a different player that's slated to be your everyday DH 
in Jesse Winker, who is brings very little defensively in the outfield. So you can't even play like two of the three at a time with the DH at first base because you already have Winker taking a spot. And you don't want to see Winker out there every single day who can only play left field and isn't even that great at it. And then you would have to push Christian Yelich to right field, who, as we know, has one of the worst throwing arms in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want to do that either. So I just, with, with the roster math, I don't, I don't see any way that they can keep both. As for who goes, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, I could still see a Kesson here, a trade uh, happening at some point here. I, I could see them moving on. Um, but I could very easily see them trying to keep him, you know, for as long as possible and just hope that maybe this is finally the year that, that it turns around for him. Um, and if not, they DFA him or trade him midseason, um, but at least keep him around to start. Yeah, definitely. And the other part that I don't think, unless I missed it, we even mentioned is John Singleton being left-handed. So even if they did decide to mm-hmm. move on from Kesson Hira, that still creates like a weird fit in that you have two left-handed first basemen. And I know when they yeah. added him to the roster, they were asked about that and they threw out the possibility of DHing, but that still now with Winker now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was before uh, the Jesse Winker trade. So yeah, it just it, it all of that together. It seems like Singleton is definitely least likely to make the roster, but um, we'll see. We'll see how things shake out. I'd like to see him get a chance because I think it's a really cool story. But yeah, like like roster math comes down to it. Like it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Nope, it certainly does not. So that's kind of where things stand and what they've uh, been doing lately. So you know there hasn't been you know too much going on, um, but uh, they've got you know some more minor moves. Um, we're about a month-ish away from pitchers and catchers reporting, um, which is great. It is coming up fast. Not fast enough um, because we need baseball back. <laughs> I watched – okay. So I watched a video of Brewers prospect Robert Moore down in the Australian Baseball League, down down in Winterball down there. And I heard the crack of the bat, and it was just like it was a home run from from Robert Moore, who is having a fantastic winter ball season, by the way. And the crack of the bat was just like pure, like like you could tell he struck it like right on the barrel. I nearly cried at how beautiful <laughs> the sound was. Of like I haven't heard a barrel, like a, a barreled ball, in so long. Just hearing the crack of the bat, it just Oh, all the the warmth of like Arizona and spring training just flooded over me. Like like that is like how baseball starved I am at this point. Uh, well, and there's no I mean, you can watch the rest of the NFL playoffs. But as we mentioned previously, there's no more Packers to watch. Yeah, uh, and it's not the same as baseball. You no, know? it's not. It's not. Um, Badgers are doing well. I've been keeping up with. Luke Fickle and his recruiting yes. that's been going on. This has been insane. It's like every day now. Um, yeah. Speaking about being able to sell a ketchup popsicle to an Eskimo in Alaska, like it, like that guy could sell anyone on anything. Yeah, um, I, I was saying this. I was saying this on Twitter and and follow me on Twitter at dgasper24. By the way, I'll say like if Luke Fickle were GM of the Brewers, he could convince Shohei Otani to demand a trade to the Brewers. Right. Like, seriously, like, I mean, tampering rules aside and the fact that he couldn't actually directly talk to Shohei Otani at all. 
just somehow he'd make it work. I, I don't know how, but somehow Luke Fickle would be able to sell Shohei Otani on coming to on coming to Milwaukee. Like I, I feel like he'd be able to do it. Like he is that good of a recruiter, and you know maybe maybe the Brewers should hire him. You know get get him in their front office bring guys in, you know, drafting and, uh, you know, just being like, Hey, you come over here. Let me, let me tell you about what, what we're building here. You know, get, get Aaron judge in here to play right field. You know, you could get, you know, all the, all these guys get Shohei, everyone. Right. But I mean, I suppose we should give Matt Arnold a chance. He did get us William Contreras for and two pitchers for basically nothing. Yeah. Um, no offense I, to Stereo Ruiz, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. An avid listener of the Cold Brew podcast history. I'm sure. I'm sure. Got to got to apologize. Um, but no, I, I guess I guess we can continue giving him a chance. He seems to be working out all right yeah. so far. Yeah. But Luke Fickle in tandem with Arnold. Whoa, oh, man. Oh, man. And then get Stearns back and you got the dream team. <laughs> That'd be too much. Too much. World Series right away. No. Um, speaking of uh, friends of the podcast, uh, Josh Lindblom today. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday here, he announced his retirement uh, in a very uh, well-spoken um, farewell post. Uh, they post on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, this is what he wrote. A good friend of mine asked me before the start of last season, what does it look like to finish well? I woke up every morning for seven months with that question in mind. This is what I realized. Most of us don't get to choose when we finish. We don't get to write our endings, but what we can write are all of the moments leading up to whenever the finish might be. The fact of the matter is this. We never know what moment will be the last. Finishing well is about living each day with the end in mind. It's about making the most of whatever moments you have until the end, whenever it might be, arrives. For 30 years of my life, I played a game that taught me about more than balls and strikes, hits and runs, and wins and losses. It taught me about life and made me the person writing this letter. I cannot thank everyone who has impacted the person I have become through the game that I love. So know this, if you are a friend or family, teammate or coach, front office personnel or concession worker, grounds crew or media, fan or child, and we interacted, this letter is for you, and it is my thank you. As for what's next, I might be done but I'm not finished. So very well-spoken yeah. by, by Josh Lindblom. We had a great time with him when he came on our podcast uh, a while ago. Just a well-spoken guy, a fan, fantastic, great dude, very nice, very friendly, very um, giving with his time. Um, and, you know, his, his three-year contract with the Brewers didn't go the way that he or the Brewers intended um, but he made the most of his role. Uh, he spoke with our writer, Eric Troyden, um, you know, a couple of months ago, just about his leadership role with the Nashville Sounds last year and, and what he was doing in that clubhouse and what they were building there and, and how he was helping along the young guys, the young prospects that were in there. Um, and just a, a fantastic guy to have in an organization, fantastic guy to have around the game. Um, and hopefully he's able to to stick around the game and maybe even stick around the organization. I, I think he'd make an, an excellent coach, but congratulations to Josh Lindblom on, on an excellent career. For sure. he When he was on the podcast, like one of the most thoughtful, insightful guys that we have talked to, just listening to him speak about like baseball and pitching 
and just the all the intricacies of just everything was so like I found myself in awe just listening to the guy. So I could only imagine that having him around like younger players, veteran players for that matter, really anyone um, could be would be just amazing for any club. And maybe it'll be in professional ball. Maybe it'll be like I could see him Purdue, right? Was his alma mater. Yeah, I believe like I could see him catching on there um, and maybe being a coach for them because I know he has strong connections still with them. Um, like what, whatever he does, he'll be successful. Cause when he puts his mind to something, it's just good things happen. So I'll look forward to kind of seeing what goes on with him, but it, I appreciated having him around and a lot of those younger players will be better off for it. Absolutely. Just, uh, you know, really a, a bright light, you know, to have within the, uh, the organization, you know, and, um, yeah, it, it's going to be, you know, it, like we all have those moments where, you know, you kind of realize like, okay, this is kind of the end of, of the playing days. And, uh, you know, Josh reached that moment and, um, you know, he's going into it with a great mindset. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he'll be successful no matter what he does. Um, so, I mean, he could get into coaching pro ball, college ball, high school ball. He could coach youth ball really, if he wanted to. And I think he'd be excellent at it and, you know, develop, some really good, uh, you know, young men as well, just kind of going through the game. So that'd be, um, you know, and he put that last uh, sentence there, um, which I thought was was very, very poignant. I might be done, but I'm not finished. And he put, but I'm not finished in bold. Um, so there, I think there's still more for him uh, within the game of baseball uh, that, that he can give um, and that, that he can find a spot in. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, probably have a write up soon on the website about it. You can read about it a little bit more, but <clears throat> yeah, it's really cool having him around. I, I also wish uh, it would have worked out a little bit better. Um, but just looking at kind of how he, you know, dealt with everything, he ends up uh, being DFA'd. He sticks with the organization, um, goes down to the minors and mentors those, you know, young players. Um, just like the absolute epitome of a professional that guy mm-hmm. is um, just uh, I, I'll never have a b- bad thing to say about Josh Lindblom. Just so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So best of luck to Josh um, for, for whatever comes next uh, in, in his career. So cheers to you, my good man. Uh, that'll do it for us uh, this week on our first episode of season four. Uh, of the cold brew podcast coming your way uh, throughout the rest of the year as we get ready for the 2023 season um, and the brewers get ready spring training coming up soon matt uh i am i am super excited for it and i know everyone else here is too so we'll say goodbye and we'll see you next time for another episode of the cold brew podcast